Welcome, and thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Life in the Clouds podcast, your source for interesting conversations in enterprise technology, with your hosts, Dustin and Brittany. Uh, None of the opinions expressed in the podcast reflect those of our employers and riffing on things that we think are current topics and what we bring up here in no way reflects the opinions of Wayfair nor Dell Technologies. Or any of the companies we've either worked for before, yeah, if we ever mention anything. Yeah. I I think that's the main point, right, is that you learn things along the way, but they're based on experiences you've had. Those aren't representative of the brand in which you're working for by any means necessary. Yeah, I think that's extremely important to get out there. Right. We probably should have led with that. (laughs) Uh, maybe we'll do some uh, nifty editing, editing tricks yeah. to get it back in the beginning. <laughs> okay, all but right. uh, I mean, yeah, like everybody's wisdom is collective wisdom, so it's—I mean—it's what you learn along the way, right? So, um, well, yeah, and I feel like in tech, you know, because you're blazing so many chairs. I mean, it's not like you in other industries, like writing, for example, that you learn from some greats that have been doing it for hundreds of years. Like technology, most people are just making it up as they go, and then when it's successful, kind of sharing it and hopefully actually sharing when it's not successful in why too, right? <laughs> right. Like I think we probably learn more from bad failing. things, yeah, <laughs> failing or bad yeah. things that happen than in actually things going right. And when they go right, you're like, oh, we should have written that, yeah. <laughs> written that down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's definitely not like structural engineering where there's a predefined established process for hundreds of years that you totally know, very formulated. I mean, We're speaking all... of, of, of not talking about prior things that you've done, but I definitely <laughs> have seen that in practice at prior companies that I've done that it's like, oh, this is the first time that we ever did this many servers just kind of exponentially at one time. We should write that up after the fact and <laughs> publish that. It. Yeah, we should have de- <laughs> let's post mortem document like everything we did and how great we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you guys missed it, but before we attempted to try to say how we would open the show. Um and we're calling it Life in the Clouds, which also happens to be the name of our Wi Fi if you're ever in the theater district. <laughs> Although now Dustin's definitely going to secure that with a different name. <laughs> oh, it's already been secured. Yeah. It's not discoverable. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah. So, I was saying, how would we start this off? Like, I think we should start it off with a ditty. A little ditty? Like a song or something. But you had, like, a really good one. I don't really know if I really one. have a good song, but I could say, coming straight at you from two people who live in the clouds and work in the clouds. Brittany and Dustin, two of the foremost experts on software development and cloud technology, coming at you from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, so, uh, I guess, do we have like an arranged topic list? For uh, no, session, actually, or? I think we just kind of riff on what are we, like, what's the overall theme and goal of the podcast? Why are we putting this together? What's been our deal? So um, just to let everybody in the audience know, we're in Madrid right now. Brittany is speaking at a few events for her work, and uh, we had a pretty rainy, gloomy day. So we decided to spend the day inside building the website and busting the mic out to start 
talking about the podcast. So yeah, uh, truth be told, Dustin built the website. <laughs> <laughs> nice uninterrupted, uh, uninterrupted flow Coding time session for Dustin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to have that flow time to get stuff done for sure. Um, so I was thinking, Britt, why don't you just kind of give us a little overview of what what you do, why you're out here in Madrid, and um, what we're talking about. I mean, I think generally about the podcast, like what do you, what, what are you looking to get out of the podcast or convey to the listeners? Yeah. So my job right now is I've actually moved back into a marketing function role, which I don't want everyone to just shut off the podcast as soon as he's saying that. I think that there is some realities that marketing is really good for. I think that there are some harsh realities in our industry that marketing really lacks. And I think, you know, in you know, one of the reasons that I really enjoy marketing is is twofold. One is a lot of education happens and is developed in the marketing function within our industry. Um, but I also feel like marketers innately know a cooler part of the the essence of the job that they do, very similar to engineers, right? Like engineers know coding bases and all of these different special skill sets, and then you have to be able to engineer to your industry, marketing in the same way. Um, but I do think that in the industry, especially of enterprise technology, people that are really good marketers shy away from the tech and knowing actually what the company does and, and why its innovations are so cool. So I find myself kind of at the middle of that in this new role. Um, I'm an evangelist in which I both have to write the message. So my, my technical job description is director of cloud messaging for Dell Technologies. So I write all of the scripts essentially in the PowerPoints in which you see. I don't deliver all of them. A lot of times I'm writing them for executives or helping the executive communication department write their scripts. I'm also writing kind of key messages that go onto our website um, and then into documents as alike. But like anything, the game of telephone is very interesting um, in my profession. And I find that uh, doing this podcast is at least a one-to-one -one relationship where people aren't just seeing my work delivered from someone else. They can kind of hear from the horse's mouth, so to speak, <laughs> as to what I think and what I really feel like is going on in our industry, as opposed to kind of a, a lovely wrapped bow around what I think is going on in the industry. Yeah, that's great. And uh, let's let's take a step back just because, you know, through our talking, I understand what you do and the impacts and how it impacts me. Um, you know, my background is in software engineering and software engineering team leadership. So uh, you mentioned up front that you don't want people to get turned off by the fact that you say that you're in marketing. Um, just curious about just a quick little blurb. Why did you open it with that statement? Oh gosh, I, I didn't <laughs> know if we were going to get that deep this quickly. <laughs> Probably because, you know, the inner female in me is already apologizing before I start a work, you know, yada, yada, yada. In reality, it's because um, I find it very difficult sometimes when I come across someone in the workplace that fundamentally doesn't understand our technology. I actually find it um, almost at a detriment to our company. Like those people really need to be brought and told and, and put in a place like in order to be a marketer here, you should know how a data center functions and how customers buy data center equipment and how they're thinking about their data centers in the future. And so I think that more 
more often than not, marketers kind of hide behind their abilities of, you know, um, digital marketing. And we can get into the advances of that. And I, I dibble dabbled my toe in that piece of the business, um, which is actually part of how I got into Google. And we can kind of get into where I've been and whatnot. But yeah, I think that's why I kicked it off is that I feel like more often than not, especially this podcast is probably geared towards more technical folks. And I don't want them to think that because of my role in marketing, that does not um, or it precludes me from knowing the ins and outs of, of really what they're doing in their daily jobs. Right. Yeah. You're definitely very technically savvy. I know just in having talked to you at various levels of depth. So, and, and that's, that's definitely true. You know, engineers generally think that the marketing doesn't apply to them and they're just going to do the most optimal thing regardless of what's out there and what's being sold to them. But there are a lot of layers, I think, that people don't understand where, like where the marketing and where the sales cycles are hitting them and where they may not be hitting them, but hitting elsewhere within their organizations, right? And that's kind of where I see my role too, is I don't disagree with you. And I, I don't think that they're wrong at all, right? Like as engineers, you're fundamentally asked to follow a set of rules. And sometimes those don't work for whatever situation that you're currently in and you have to troubleshoot. And so Therefore, you develop this kind of feel that no matter what in work, you assume that that's not necessarily going to be the truth. And your diggers for, you know, either parts of that not being true or parts of that that are, you know, a little bit false or, or what have you. And so I think that as technical marketing people, we have not only this like onus to educate um, you know, externally on what it is that we have to offer. But a part of me in taking this role too is the fact that I really love educating internally as well on why I think data centers and fundamentally kind of cloud strategies and how people are thinking about their data and where it's going and how it's getting processed and how it's getting protected is really the coolest thing that's going on right now in our lives, right? Like yeah. in our generation, I think that those are kind of the fundamentally the coolest things and yeah. definitely where all the innovation is. And so anyway, that's why I moved from the field. Money is great. Money is also very stressful. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, in me taking on this role, I feel both ways that I feel like I can help, you know, Dell in being looked at as a cloud company because at the end of the day, it's a huge data center company and cloud is an operating model for your data centers, right? right? Plus so, when you're when you're straight, mostly commissioned, you never stop working. There's always more money left on the table, regardless of when you cut your hours, right? Speaking of leaving money on the table, it's time to talk about our sponsor, G1 Consulting Group. G1 provides many services from software implementation to strategic business development. Their diverse team of consultants has experience across dozens of industries and companies. What sets G1 apart is its focus on cultivating a trusted partnership with their clients, ultimately sharing in outcomes and successes. If you have a project that's stuck or a new initiative that you're undertaking or need help exploring the business landscape, contact G1 Consulting Group. You can find them at www.g1cg.com. That's www. G, the number one, CG.com. Yeah, but I, I think in any role, you don't stop working. I mean, you yourself, like, 
you bring work home. And I don't mean work home is in the fact that you're like doing work on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. I mean, like, you're just always kind of thinking about things or thinking through things, you know, and and that means that you more like what you're doing than anything else. So I guess, you know, that's that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. What are some fundamental reasons why you're doing what you're doing? Um, you know, I, I first got into it, my current role at Wayfair, I'm a a director in the supply chain organization for software engineering. So, um, you know, I'd always been in software. It was kind of a no brainer. I always tell people that my decision point was going into college. Like I was either going to do computer science or political science. So at that point, that was the decision point. And I've been kind of technology software ever since then. Um, you know, frankly, I came to Wayfair for, and, and took this particular opportunity because, um, one, I had been at Home Depot previously, so I had done, uh, you know, retail roles. I had a pretty good depth in the retail space, uh, so that was a, a, a nice, you know, nice short putt to get from Home Depot to Wayfair. I had been a little bit removed from the operational end-user-facing software for a few years. Uh, my last role at Home Depot I ran the app platforms and dev tools team, which was kind of software for software engineers, which is a completely different, you know, user segment, user base that you're building tools for, Um, you know, a lot more familiar with the software tools themselves. So that can be challenging, but it was really the, the supply chain aspect as a whole really spoke to me. I've always been very interested in efficiencies and removing bottlenecks and, you know, making things operate as well as they possibly could. I'm also pretty passionate for, you know, improving the daily life of the folks that are using the software, where if you think about it in operational capacity, you've got, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, tens of thousands of people that are forced to use your software for their entire workday. Um, So any little gains you can make on that directly impact the quality of life for a large number of people. Um, You know, I really liked Wayfair as a company. One one thing that people always ask me is, you know, what? Why did you decide Wayfair over other offers, over other opportunities? And it's the questions you ask in the interview. You don't really know when the wool's being pulled over your eyes and some of that stuff. But most of the people I would ask, you know, why do you? What's the thing you like most about working here? And it was generally first the people, the people that I work with, um, and that's definitely I've realized to be to be true over the last year that I've been there. Um, and then obviously the technology focus is second as being a huge e-com company. It's, it's definitely been interesting. So speaking of e-com, so your, your title is what director of supply chain engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually something ironically enough that we have in common in our career path. So I don't know if you guys have gone to our website, but a, I really highly recommend going to life in the Um, and first of all, it's because Dustin prides himself in being a great coder and, uh, it's a WordPress site, so it doesn't really count as coding. You kind of nerd out in the back end a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, it's tough. I think, you know, like marketing people get kind of shunned in the industry. Once you start managing numerous people in engineering, you're thought about as not being as good of a coder. Um, and so I feel like this is a good representation of the fact that you can spin something like that cool up in a few hours. Anyway, go there. But I was leading to, if you haven't read about the about me section, I actually, my undergrad is in supply chain engineering. It's part of the reason why I even got into this business was all about the fact that I liked the idea of virtualization and how a software could compartmentalize a hardware and make it all that much more efficient. 
And part of the reason why I like that is because as a supply chain management engineer, um, and not engineer, management major, <laughs> sorry, I actually um, went and traveled to a ton of different factories. And so for me, my biggest analogy of what I do versus how I learned is comparing data centers to factories. And so um, anyway, Dustin's role now at Wayfair is the director of supply chain engineering. So I know that we have had some banter back and forth, which has led us ultimately to creating this podcast. But we've had some banter back and forth about, you know, key supply chain theories and aspects and innovations really that have you know, been kind of trickled down to the data center as far as practices. And then now with the idea of cloud and containers and some of these other kind of advanced AI technologies, it's almost like pushing it back up into supply chain as a practice. So Right. And, being, and vice versa, I'd right. say, right? There's not, uh, it's not necessarily, you know, there we have different opinions on aspects mm-hmm. of the cloud and what's new, what's usable, what's useful, what's not, what's more smoke and mirrors. And, um, you know, I think that it's definitely interesting with your depth of supply chain background and then um, your depth in cloud compared to my, like, actually using a lot of this stuff hands-on to deliver software on the cloud, um, you know, on various cloud providers or frameworks or platforms. Uh, you know, there's been a few times I know we've been in conversations where I'm like, that's not how it actually works. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how they say right. that it works. That's not how it actually works. And it's, in fact, not all that useful. No, that's true. And that's actually a fundamental difference, too, about our backgrounds is that I have always worked at a vendor and you have always worked at a customer, um, which is kind of cool uh, as far as different perspectives, not only in why you do different strategies or or what you've done versus what I've heard other C-levels at various other companies that I'm kind of summarizing into one, you know, 80% rule tactic. Um, but also it's been eye-opening too that it's like, yeah, I mean, some of these products that people put out there just don't work in practice. And mm-hmm. so, you know, going back to that fundamental principle that I was talking about that I think a lot of technologists suffer from, which is the I don't believe you principle, you know, how do you kind of go out there and go about things? So yeah, I'd say also, uh, sellable doesn't mean operable in general. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 fair. But I guess that's how I've made my money thus far. Right. So. <laughs> so I think we've been talking a lot about theories, but we haven't really talked about the theory as to why we're doing this podcast. So maybe let's get into that. All right. All right. So uh, we launched life in the clouds.dev as we talked about. So Dustin, tell me a little bit about like what you want to accomplish with this podcast, what our point is. We've given a little bit about our industry perspectives, but. Yeah. I mean, I think generally it's just some of the conversations that we've had just off the cuff, I think have been pretty valuable, at least for me. Um, And I assume they have been for you as well. Yeah. Uh, And it's stuff that we're talking about anyway. So give another 15 minutes. To... Yeah. If you guys ever want to join us for dinner, we actually really <laughs> talk about this stuff. We are viable. No. Um, the, but yeah, I mean, I think generally we'll do a lot of this kind of back and forth between the two of us, probably rotate. <laughs> okay. So back and forth between the two yeah, of us. So yeah, you know, back and forth between the two of us kind of alternating who, who drives the questioning, who drives the talking, 
Um, and then also try to get a pretty good catalog of, of guests because everybody will get sick of listening to you and me solo. So try to get a, yeah. you know, a fair amount, fair rotation of folks that we know. So you, what, 12 years in this industry, right? Yep. Um, we probably know a fair amount of folks, actually, that we could get on this blog. So you want to give us some highlights of who you think we might be able to get? I think uh, I think we could get a pretty fair backlog, a pretty fair cross section. Haven't really talked to anybody specifically yet, but All right. got a mm-hmm. list of you know twenty so stay or thirty tuned. folks. Stay of, tuned. Uh, that, no that, secrets yet. <laughs> that might be interested to you know at least just have a conversation, right? Because it's really about having that conversation about. You know, what are the what are the trends that you see? What are the pain points that you've gone through? What has worked? What hasn't worked? Um, you know, kind of like we've been talking through today, pull pull back the covers, open the hood a little bit and see exactly from differing perspectives, because like we've talked about, you've been in marketing, I've been in engineering, and those are very diverse perspectives of kind of the same industry, but 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 different facets, right? We yeah. bring different expertise and different experience to the table. I've also been in sales, so I want to give that perspective too, because I think our listeners would be excited to hear kind of from a salesperson how you sell, why you sell, what, what are some of the, the things that you should think about when you enter a partnership, things of that nature. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And to your point, right, it's really the the consultative partnership sales is generally, at least from somebody who's been on that procurement, you know, buying, considering third parties. I generally personally, maybe it's a uh, some sort of God complex, but think that we can generally do things better than people that sell right. to us. In no, any no, role. no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> in any role that I've, I've ever been in. I think in, you're so in the majority on that one. That, uh, that that that's definitely an interesting thing to see how and why vendors and then companies make the decisions because that's and that's also why I asked a little bit in depth about well you know this the C levels you, you you a lot of times as you're talking about your messaging and who you're going after it's targeted at the C levels um, but you can see decisions made in that level in a vacuum that happen quite way more often than they should causing detrimental impacts to the short-term, medium-term, and long-term strategies. Well, exactly. And this is you know, a lot of the conversations that we have that we personally find interesting, so we hope that you do as well. So I guess, how are you going to lay out the podcast, or how are we laying out the podcast kind of in a format so that people know exactly what to expect going forward? It'll be a little bit ad hoc, right? This is our first one. We just had a hypothesis that this might be something fun to do, so... If, uh, if this isn't fun or we see the next few not that fun or people don't find it interesting, maybe we'll tweak stuff a little bit or just can it all together, right? Because there's only so many hours in the day. Um, but I think generally... That's like, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, coming, coming up with topics that we think are pretty interesting. And as I mentioned, having as many guests as we possibly can and just le- having some so- sort of a loose interview script that we do with them, but generally leaving it open to what they want to talk about, what their current hot topics and issues are of the day in their particular, you know, industry and slice of the technology space that that they're in. Um, you know, and I think that we have probably pulled some other folks that are outside of, you know, the core tech world as well, um, because I've always found it interesting to see, you know, how technology impacts those roles that don't necessarily deal with technology on a day-to-day basis. Maybe your ditty. Maybe we should end it with your ditty. Which which ditty? The life in the clouds. 
I didn't know there was a specific titty. <laughs> there isn't. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for this week's podcast. If you want to check us out, please visit us at www.lifeintheclouds.dev. And we're on most social media platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. There you can find us at Life in the Cloud 5. That's Life in the Cloud number 5. You know, unfortunately, Life in the Clouds was taken on most of those platforms, so we did what we could. Thank you to our sponsor for this week's podcast, G1 Consulting Group. That's G1CG.com. And also our music is Bless Life by Ketza. Uh, Once again, thank you for joining us. We hope this was helpful and informative, and we hope to have you back next week. Take care.